0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the 13th Man Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. We have former Stan Peters and Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive lineman Derek Dennis. He's going to talk to us about some football fashion. It's a little bit of a different episode, but we're super excited to let you know about some of the personal side of another football player. Without wasting too much more of your time, let's get into it.
1: Thank you, Dennis, for joining us on this this week's episode of the 13th Man Podcast. How have you been doing through all of this?
2: I'm doing all right. I can't complain, man. I'm uh, just at home with the family, uh, enjoying the time. Uh, and uh, I got a I got a baby girl on the way. Uh, my girlfriend's pregnant, so we're expecting a, a child in the next week. So just getting myself ready for that. Well, congratulations.
1: Hope everything goes well. Well, with that, keep you busy.
2: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um,
1: So on today, this week's episode, you know, uh, Washington was supposed to join us, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But it still doesn't change the reason why we're going to be doing this. Is you and him were having a conversation about Jordans, and you were saying uh, the lines that anything below like anything from thirteen and below, was the like the prime ones, and then. Fourteen and up, yeah. were were the big big man shoes, and then I believe.
2: Oh he was... no, no! Yeah, Tony um he. Uh, for some reason, he know everybody knows like from my playing career. I'm a big Jordan head, so like I wear Jordans off the field and I wear them on the field. So he, uh, his sense of style is is a little uh, is a little warped. So he always likes to I guess because uh, as a big man, everybody. Uh, looks to me as the stylish big man who who knows, like, what's cool, what's not cool, kind of asks my opinion. So, uh, he always finds these, the ugliest Jordans ever. He asks me, like, yo, how do you like these? And I always tell him, like, bro, those are, like, those are the shoes like you send your kid to school. And, like, you know, those are Jordans that, that y- you want to buy when you don't want to spend the retro money like type of thing. Like, those are, don't wear those, bro. Like, you're a bro man, you got money, get you some retros. But, uh, <laughs> he always likes to like like to go back and forth like Tony loves to argue with me I don't know why but he loves to argue with me about anything so uh, he likes he likes all the Jordans that's like the later the later retros in a sense that like after Jordan stopped playing the ones that like Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul and all those guys were wearing like the team style looking Jordans those aren't cool to me at least in my opinion uh, and I think too he he did that cuz uh, I tweeted like months ago uh, I tweeted, I didn't want to be the old man that was wearing Team Jordans and thinking I was I was being fashionable. So, <laughs> Tony likes to always send me those type of Jordans. And he'll say, yo, I like these. I'm going to get them. And I'm like, nah, bro. It's not the way. It's not the way to go. Uh,
1: I, think, I think what makes that, like, funnier is that being someone who's worked in that industry for the last, like, five years – you see a lot of people who come in and they're like, even if they have the money, they, they like the, the team brand Jordans a lot more than the retros. And to me, it's always, it's always been a head scratcher, but I can, I definitely know from experience that it's a very common, common thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think those Jordans are, are just cool to people because, uh, they're like, uh, I the designs are a little, are a little crazy. And they're, like, super colorful, too. And I think, too, the way they're built, they're, like, more of a wide base, so they probably seem comfortable. And most of the time when people of, a, of, a, of an older age group, when they shop for sneakers, they shop more for comfort than for, like, trends, in a sense. Like, oh, you know, the younger generation is the ones like, oh, everybody's wearing these. I'm going to just buy these. even if You know, I can't afford them. Or even if my parents can't afford them, I'm going to beg them to get me these because that's what everybody's wearing. And uh, for me, it's a little different because I'm from New York City and the way fashion is in New York, it's like, man, if you came to school, if you didn't come to school correct, you were going to get teased. Like even like adults, you see the way adults dress. If you didn't come correct, you were going to get teased. (laughs) Uh, And uh, they didn't want to go to Foot Locker or they didn't want to go to Finish Line and drop the, you know, say $150, $200 on retros. They'd rather drop $150 and you get four pair of sneakers off the back wall. So I was always the kid going to school not wearing, like, the the, the cool shoes from, like, four years ago. So as I got older and I could afford to buy, you know, the retros when they dropped to get them, like, that's became, like, kind of my thing. So, um, like, like I said, you can look at my closet, you'll see nothing but Jordan boxes, just tons and tons of Jordan boxes.
1: Are you one of those guys that, like, because I know a lot of guys who have them displayed on a wall and then the boxes thrown into their closet are you one of those guys or do you keep the shoes in the box
2: i keep the shoes in the box i don't i don't do the wall one i don't have the space to do the wall thing like uh when i get the space i might like i i knew i had a buddy that played with on the panthers um mario addison he's a big jordan head too and in his house um he has, like, this, like, special displays built that you can see, like, all his shoes, and he got Jordan things hanging up and all those type of stuff. And, like, I I always thought that was cool, but I'm I'm, almost I'm cool, man. I just like to know that they in my closet and I can pull them out and wear them. I don't really care about showing people what I got. It's more for me personally being able to put them on my feet and match them with my outfit. I got I
0: to gotta ask you, too, because we mentioned Tony Washington having a, iffy sense of style in your eyes is there anybody in the cfl or you know even in the xfl that you played with that you can point to and say they had probably the best style other than yourself of course
2: (laughs) it was always like the like the smaller guys the receivers uh they were always like the the most fashionably best dressed ones um i could say like mark and michelle was one he always came like dipped out in something uh deshaun amos um uh, KJ, Kamar Jordan, uh, who else? I'm trying to think of the only other person that maybe like in inter- turn like Bo Levi Mitchell was a big Jordan sneakerhead too. Um, he's a super big Jordan sneakerhead. Like that's what me and him just talk about a lot in the locker room. We used to talk about Jordans coming out and the latest Jordans. And I remember I always come in the locker room and have something on, and he always coming to me and go, "Okay, I see you. You're gonna make me go in my closet, huh?" <laughs> So, uh, those are the guys like that I that I played with that were big sneakerheads and, um, yeah, like even when I was in the league in the league, uh, when you play in the NFL and even like at least in the states, like your game day outfit was like was a big thing. Like guys used to plan plan Monday what they was gonna wear on game day or, you know, get ready for get ready whatever outfit they was gonna wear on game day. I think probably the biggest fashionista was around was probably Cam Newton cam newton used to come game day like decked out does cam
0: actually wear those crazy outfits all the time or does he just do that for tv
2: nah that's that's game day that's a, that's his game day outfits so like during the week during the week he's normal he's in normal stuff like all day every day like comfortable um he was sponsored by uggs so he used to wear uggs a lot uh <laughs> i remember that yo uggs are bad <laughs> yeah.
1: comfortable though i, I uggs ain't even are... front like they're super comfortable
2: he he gave everybody the locker room uh Chris on Christmas he gave everybody a pair of like the the Uggs that like females wear like they're and they I used to wear them around the houses like house shoes they were super comfy but I never wore them in public because I didn't want nobody to see me wearing them because they were like a size like 15 they were huge but uh, uh yeah um yes yeah, so for Cam was probably like the super and uh another big dude uh. Cause I, i I'm a lineman. Like most of the time, people don't associate linemen as being like fashionable, and they're like the skill guy used to always joke on me because it was like, yo, you're a wide receiver in, a, in an offensive lineman's body. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Trey Turner, who's the uh, Pro Bowl guard in the NFL. He's a he's a good buddy of mine. He's a uh, he's another like super fashionista type, like trendy um kind of like you know like that that trendy style that's kind of like you know not common but it's people look at it and go man like that that's that's some nice stuff he got on so that was like another big dude that I hung around that me and him used to always go back and forth about outfits and stuff like that
1: what's one of the biggest things when it came to on field fashion that like people caught off like you caught people off guard. Was it the, the Jordan one uh cleats? Was it, you know, something small? Like what was something that people were surprised to see a lineman wear?
2: Um, it probably was more so like how I put my stuff together. Like I used to wear like uh like I used to have a loose jersey. Most of my men like their jerseys to be tight. I always like mine to be loose just because uh one, it helped me breathe easier tight jersey, like once you get into like second, third quarter and that thing is still squeezing on your body, you're like, man, I just want to get, get some air. Uh but I used to always wear like a loose jersey. Uh I always wore a quarterback towel on my right side. That was uh always kind of like a like a like a swag called a swag rag, a swag rag. Um I never wore like the long, like generic socks that they used to give everybody to put on. I used to wear the uh the half cuts, like double half cuts, like receivers, roll them up so that they rolled up. Always had my knee exposed. I kept my pants above my knees. I never had a, never had my, my knee pads below my knees. Um, and I always wore lows. Now, I think that was the biggest thing about my football swag that threw people off was that I didn't wear like mids or I didn't wear high cleats. I always wore low, like receiver cleats. And everybody used to be like, yo, how do you play offensive line and lows? And I'm like comfortable to me like that's just it's just it was a comfort thing it also with a sweat also played into like the swag part it was like it was just comfortable for me to wear lows and do just to be like yo you you the man because you able to go out there and play offensive line which is probably like one of the most brutal spots with no ankle support and i, I never i never taped my ankles i never played with any type of tape only thing i taped was my thumbs
1: where did the the visor come into play? Because I know the last couple of years you've been wearing that dark visor. How, yeah. did, how did that come up? Because to me, I've, I've pulled the visor off as a lineman and people give you that, like, what are you doing kind of look. So how did how did that come about for you?
2: Uh, Really, I started wearing the visors because uh, when I first started playing, I never wore a visor. And I didn't really care much for visors. It wasn't a thing. But uh, one time somebody poked me in my eye. Like, I went to block a dude, and he went to shoot his hands, and he, he dead, like, poked me in my eye. It hurt so bad, I couldn't see. My eyes swelled up, and I had to play the rest of the game, like, one eye, like this. And after that, I was like, all right, I'm wearing a visor. So then I went to the clear visors first. So I would always wear a clear visor. And then as, as I went along, it was kind of more like, all right, let me, let me put my own little spin on it and get a little swaggy with it, like how the receivers do. So then I started wearing like colored visors, and um, I found a loophole <laughs> through the CFL thing because I started wearing clear visors with colored tint that were you could only see it at like certain angles. So it was kind of like a, if I turned sideways, my visor looked you know yellow or purple or orange. But if you looked at that on, you, you could see my face.
1: That's actually sick. But I mean, that's actually like that's a hard flex right there. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Totally. It was just it was just ways to you know kind of play into the, the bone crusher thing and the swag and the and the demeanor and all that stuff and it was just ways to help build the brand. That's what kind of the color visors and all that stuff came and came apart.
1: So since you were the visor kind of guy, what did you think of like the uh that huge cage that like Ray Lewis wore with the, the dark visor a couple of, like leading up to his retirement. He had like a full like full yeah, the crazy full, cage. Full cage. Yeah, and yeah. with like that strip of black visor, it looks sick, in my opinion.
2: No, 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 uh, it wasn't. That became like a th- a big popular thing among like D linemen having a dark visor with the with the full cage, because it was more like a intimidating type of look. Um, I always thought it was cool. I could never wear it because um, I'm like low key claustrophobic, so I already be had like having panic attacks in my helmet, <laughs> and I like to be able to breathe, so. uh, the full cage, the only thing with that, it was just, like, it was just maybe, like, film. I tried it one day in practice, and I was
1: like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I've always felt like they they look sick, but it takes someone, like, if you aren't comfortable with that many bars, you're not. Yeah, you're you not going to, yeah. What What's your opinion on the fashionable... Uh, mouth guards that you see like receivers and running backs where they have like the Batman logo on it or they'll have like uh I think Brand, uh, yeah they had one of the Hamilton Tiger Cats players had like teeth on it this year I, I think they're I think they're pretty cool Uh not my not my taste because I hate mouth guards, but I think they're pretty cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are pretty straight I don't wear them though because I don't wear mouthpieces but um they're not bad. Like, if that's your, if that's your thing, uh, I say go for it. But I never wore mouthpieces because, like I said, I'm low key claustrophobic. So I try to keep things uh, <laughs> out of my mouth and out of my face so that I could breathe. So uh, mouthpieces were never a, a thing for me. So I never went that way. But I, I know guys, uh, I know guys, it used to be a mouth guard guy, I think, somewhere in Canada used to make uh, special pieces, and guys would get the mouth guards that looked like they had like grills in their mouth. Um, yeah, I know, uh, I know Don Jackson actually plays with grills in his mouth, like real grills. He don't even, they're not even mouthpieces, they're like real gold in his mouth. But, uh, I know guys who do that now, just kind of in the sense of getting the mouthpieces like that's more fitting to your mouth, to your teeth. And it just looks like, you know, you got diamonds on your teeth or gold on your teeth or, you know, you got fangs or something like that. So a lot of guys, they do different, interesting things with the mouthpieces. But, uh, that's, that's a, that's a Part of the football swag that I never got with.
0: So I want to take you away from the field a little bit. You know, we've seen one of your kids already. You said you got another one on the way.
2: Do you swag at the kids? Oh, of course. Um, my girl is actually a big sneakerhead too, so uh, she got a closet full of sneakers, just like me. So my son has like all like Jordans, and Nikes, and matching matching outfits, and that's so as a parent, uh, at least for us, like. We always look forward to like dressing up dressing up kids so that they you know they're they uh they're fashionable. That's how I was. My parents did it to me when I was a kid. I remember seeing baby pictures of myself and having, you know, the latest Jordans on or stuff like that. So it's just it's just something that carried over.
0: Speaking of that kid, there it is. There she he is.
2: There he is. <laughs> there yeah.
1: He is. <laughs> yeah, I think uh that's one thing that, you know I've always thought was interesting when I had parents come in and they always bought, they wouldn't buy the shoes for them. They would always be like, oh, these are for my kid. And they're spending like a hundred bucks on a pair of Jordans. And it was always like, if you have the money and whatnot, yeah, do whatever you want to do. I ain't going to judge. Like, I ain't going to tell you how to spend your money. I just found it funny because I'd have people who come in and complain about the price of Jordan's kid shoes and then go and buy them and then be back in three months because they grew out of them. And it was yeah. basically the same thing, where they would come in, complain about the price of Jordans, and then be yeah. back in, like, three months to buy a new pair. And it was like, why don't you just buy a pair? Like, do you buy pairs, like, a size or two big so they go to grow in them, like, grow into them a little bit? Or do you just buy them and then go yeah. buy new ones when they when they outgrow them?
2: No, they always, always buy a head, so I buy... Like two pairs that they can wear now, and two pairs that they can wear in the future. See, so, like oh, yeah. So it's like do it all in one time. So at least they're there. So when the time comes, they just wear the ones that they can fit until they can't fit them no more. And then when they go size up, all right, I got a couple eights right here. You know, what I'm I got a couple sevens waiting for them. I got a couple eights waiting for them. A couple nines waiting for them.
1: Yeah, see, I think that's the the best way to do it. Instead of just yeah. buying like two pairs of shoes that they're gonna outgrow in like three months.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 all my, my my girl makes me do that, man. She's the she's the brains of the operations.
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. I, I get from experience that whenever guys come in, they're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm here because my wife told me to be here, yeah. and you're just like, okay. Do you know your kid's shoe size off by heart?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Last I checked, he was in a he was in a nine C. He's like eight C, nine C right right about
1: now. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good judgment. I mean, every shoe's yeah. different, right? And when your kids like, yeah, 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 that makes sense.
2: The shoe cut also also matters and like the material. So like uh, sometimes now I like to buy them like the Adidas. Cause Adidas makes uh, makes a lot of fabric type shoes and they stretch and they're comfortable. And uh, that's another thing too. You got to take into consideration when you're buying shoes for your kid is that. Um, yeah, it's cool to put them in snazzy stuff, but kids like to run around and play all day, so you got to make sure they got something comfortable on their feet.
1: What's uh, what's your take on the Air Force uh, for, for Nike? Because I know that's a super popular shoe among classic. Uh, it's a classic shoe, and it's the same thing with like the Superstars. But what's your like? What's your personal take on those kind of shoes?
2: It's my it's probably one of my favorite sneakers of all time. I I, I say once I get to like forty the only thing i'll ever wear is air forces really yeah like that'll be my my shoe of choice i'll have like 10 all white air forces in my closet just waiting and just rotating them until they're dirty and then have to get a new pair air forces and and timberland boots is like a staple for me just cuz i'm from new york and that's where everybody from new york wears and it's just kind of part of the culture so i always uh moving to arizona i haven't bought i haven't bought a pair of timbs in like 5 years cuz there's really no need for it but uh forces are always like that's a that's a must go once i get over the spending money on the jordans then i'll spend my 80 bucks on a nice pair of air forces and and wear them until i need a new pair
1: yeah i like how you say they're 80 bucks but up in canada they're like 120 and you realize how bad the the conversion rate is is. i don't know how many times people would come in they're like oh yeah they're only 80 but like 88 dollars in the state like on your website And it's like yeah that's american price i wish it was that cheap up here yeah kids are uh does does your wife fit into kid shoes does she get that luxury of of spending into this yes oh man
2: saving yeah, fortune she... right there uh yeah um but it depends now i guess now they're getting a little smart with it but uh She's always in like a like a kids seven, like a big kids seven or a men a men seven type of thing. Uh, I, I forget how they do the sizing thing because I think it's like once you hit a certain size, it goes from like big kids to like men's or something like that. So uh, um, yeah, but she's normally like I, I can normally get away with getting her like a smaller men's shoe or a big kids shoe.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's fair. I think I, don't know, I the amount of people that would come in and they'd be like, you try to tell them that women's sizing is different than kids and men's and they would throw up a hissy fit about it.
2: Oh, yeah. That's the only thing. Like, women's sizing is like double. So, like, a, a 10 and a woman is really like an 8 in men's and people don't realize that. Uh, and that's also, too, like when you get trendy shoes like a Yeezy or something, they're like that, that's very hard to like uh, it comes in like men's sizes only and you got to try to figure out like alright what's this in a woman's foot you know type of thing
1: yeah the thing it's two size up I believe if I remember correctly yeah. like a, a men's nine is like a women's eleven yeah it's crazy what's uh, what's one thing you wish like in football or in, in sports in general they would change to allow more Swag on the court and on the like. I know the NBA is pretty high up there because they've kind of they've been the master behind masterminds behind the the swag on on so many levels. So for football, what's one thing that you wish you were able to do more more than you actually are allowed to? Like, what's something that you would add to the game or increase for the game?
2: I wish they would let guys wear like the the crazy visors. Like I know a dude in the XFL used to have a a lot of his visors used to have like pictures on it or like you know stuff like that like i wish you could probably wear more stuff like that in the game but they they always claim stuff like that is like a safety risk but i'm like if the guy can see in it if he wants to take that risk then i say let him it's it's, it's more of a of a cool thing and i think now with the younger generations to draw in younger generations swag is what draws them in so like if you let them have like funky looking jerseys or you know wear colored visors or wear any type of cleat they want to wear that's that's attractive to catch the eye I, I say why not let them do it
0: so me personally i'm more of a uniform kind of guy and less of a personal accessory kind of guy and you know i'm also behind me right there i have a helmet um, i'm a huge fan of the getting rid of the one helmet rule how how big and important for you is having a stylish helmet uniform everything else uh to to swagging yourself out
2: that was cool. I, I like the the outlaw helmets we had in Calgary. I was kind of hurt last year that they got rid of those cuz I feel like it took the the black uniforms to like to a different level. But uh I don't, I mean the helmet thing is uh is more of a of a uniform thing. I feel like uh having multiple helmets to go with different uniforms is kind of cool. Like you look at a college program like Oregon who has like Tons of uniform combinations and helmets, like stuff like that attracts kids. Like you like you see now, you hear high school football kids and they're like, man, I want to go to Oregon because Oregon got the swag. You know, like that's that's something that appeals. I said to appeals to the younger generation. So I, I say the more helmets, the, the merrier. But again, I mean, helmets aren't cheap. So I guess if, if you could afford to do it, do it. If you can't, then I understand the one helmet rule.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that chrome gradient red and black helmet was... Was something else. I I quite enjoyed that helmet. I thought it was great. Yeah, that was
2: that was probably one of my favorite helmets I ever wore. Like that that helmet was cool. And it was it was uh, actually inspired by like Calgary firefighters uh, uh, type of thing. Like they that's where that inspiration for that helmet came from.
0: I think all around too. Those are some of the the best ones that you know came out. What are those C- CFL signature ones? One of the only yeah. ones that actually survived. Shane behind him has that Saskatchewan watermelon one. And Yo, uh, I love those, I,
2: It's
1: a love hate relationship with the jersey.
2: Yeah, those were terrible, though. But, but <laughs> were were you there when they had those? No, no, they had got rid of those before okay. I got there. That was yeah, like my rookie year. I was like my rookie year when I first got into the league. There was a couple teams that had crazy helmets like
0: that. Ottawa was supposed to have one, and they, you know, Edmonton's were, were ugly.
1: Bad that double E. Uh, Hamilton had the numbers on the side. Winnipeg had that camel blue.
0: Those were bad. Really uh, I
1: mean, the the for me the signature uniforms always were a love hate because like you have Calgary's and Ottawa's Montreal's Montreal's were probably the best out of the bunch in my opinion with the the wings on the the shoulders yeah, yeah those the,
0: are pretty snazzy the outlaw like, one was the best though um, Calgary for sure
1: oh no I I okay maybe it's just because I've never seen Calgary with a black jersey I don't it doesn't look right because my mind it's it's like if they I see Calgary is just, I picture it with the red and the white. So when they came out with the black jersey as, like, a staple, I was kind of taken back. I like it a lot better with their current numbers, with, like, the spokes on the side. Like, I've seen people have it with, like, the the general just plain numbers that they had on their white ones and their red ones. It looks so much better with the spoke numbers on it.
2: I I actually like the uh, the all-red jerseys that Otto used to have. Those were pretty dope. Yeah, those plaid ones. Uh, yeah, those are, those are pretty dope. I, I, I was kind of hurt they got rid of those.
1: I didn't like the R on it. I didn't like the material of the logo on it. It just it, it, it just felt cheap, in my opinion.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I just like <laughs> the look of it.
1: Yeah. I brought it, I have one, and I brought it to FanFest in, in Ottawa last year, and I had a bunch of players telling me that they liked it. Yeah,
2: they were, they were pretty snazzy. The, some, a lot of those signature jerseys were pretty snazzy. I'm not going to lie. They, they were pretty cool. Um. I think uh, I think the CFL marketing-wise should go to like doing uh, throwbacks, like kind of like sometimes what the NFL does with like you know 75th anniversary type of thing, where they where they bring back like original jerseys and helmets from like way back in the day. I think if they did that like once a night on like a Thursday night game, that would be that would be pretty cool for fans.
1: Well, that's the thing, is that Calgary was going to release, because I think it's their 70th, 70th anniversary this year. Yeah, they
2: were. They and were.
1: they were going to release like new red and white jerseys by by the looks of it, and I was so about it. And Ottawa was uh, going to uh, release a, a new red jersey this year. They had a red-out game against Edmonton scheduled where they wanted everyone to wear red because they were having these new jerseys, and there was talk of Montreal releasing new jerseys, and there's going to be a lot of them. Apparently. And now it's all up in the air and I'm disappointed. I heard,
2: I heard that was a yeah, I heard that was an initiative that they were doing. I remember before I left, I was really I always get cool with the with the equipment managers. And I remember uh Geo kinda giving me an idea like, yeah, it's gonna be some snazzy jerseys we're gonna wear next year type of thing. But uh who knows, man. Hopefully hopefully there is there is some football this year for people to watch.
1: Hopefully. Have you uh I know you're in the States. Have you been able to see any of the, the CFL Encore stuff?
2: Uh, I know they've been posting it on YouTube, Uh, to be honest. I haven't been locked in on a lot of football stuff uh, just because I've just been concerned with life outside of it. But uh, I, I see the posts and stuff like that. Um, uh, I remember uh, I was going to attempt to watch the Encore when they did the Calgary Stampeders, uh, the Grey Cups against Ottawa but the first one is too much of a heartbreaker for me, so I didn't want to watch it.
1: Yeah, I think they're replaying that one on Friday, this Friday, actually. I think it starts I, at 7. Yeah, I, I think that's starts the only at one to watch,
2: to be honest with you. That was a fun game. It was a fun game, but the outcome, just, this, this, it hurts. Well,
1: yeah, as much as I'm an Ottawa fan, I've always said that we were lucky to win that game. We, we got real lucky getting uh, that, that stop at the goal line near the end of the game, and then overtime was a different story but we got lucky in that one
2: man man that 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 gave me like flashbacks of uh, uh, Pete Carroll Seattle
1: Super Bowl not even
2: the ball the beast mode
1: yo it should have been pass interference too i think that's like the thing that irks me the most is like if you watch the like the interception he makes contact with the receiver before he even touches the ball, it should have fast interference. But, you know.
2: yeah, you can't you can't make that call in that type of game.
1: No, you can't. You got to is... let it
2: play. You got to let it play out, man. That's the, you don't want to be the ref that, that made that call.
1: Nope, you really don't.
0: <laughs> Derek, I, I know we we haven't talked a whole lot of football on this one, and we weren't planning on it, but, you know, that game comes up. You were in the huddle when they made the choice to go out wide again. Was there ever a thought to give the ball to Messam? Or you know was there ever an audible option for it kind of thing
2: it was crazy because uh when they called for mess and Bo to come off the field they both were like livid like what are you doing like like let us go win the game type of thing and we all kind of felt the same but again um as a player I mean you could disagree with calls but you don't make them you got to execute them to the best of their ability and we just didn't we just didn't execute it.
1: Yeah, I mean you got you got to play with the hands that you're dealt with, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you if you left it up to us, we we would have. Uh, it was a certain play we used to run on short yardage. We were like a hundred percent off for the year, and in our mind, we thought we were going to run that play because we were unstoppable doing it. And we were on the two yard line with like thirty something seconds left. It was like game one. We got the great Cup. We're like let's go get it, and just didn't happen.
0: it. Well, it's interesting went? too because
2: you guys had run
0: that same play earlier. To score a touchdown, I believe, as well. And, uh, you know, I, I was sitting in that end zone, and I remember thinking, this ball is going to mess him, and it's a touchdown, we're going to lose. Um, and we, we couldn't believe it either that the ball didn't go to mess him there.
2: Hey, man, you live and you learn. That's all I can hey, say about that. <laughs> yeah, you guys,
0: you guys got your revenge you were, a little bit later. And uh, But, I mean, oh, hey, yeah.
1: you were lucky not to be on that 2017 team. Because I feel like that must have – I wonder if you that asked probably, Bo that which hurt,
2: hurt. That one hurt bad. That would hurt bad. I remember coming back to the team at 18, and that's all guys were thinking about, especially for, like, KJ. I know KJ was hurt because he felt like he let the team down. But that's what 18 was about. 18 was just a bounce
1: back. Yeah, because I feel like if you ask, like, Bo, which one stung more, 2017 probably hurt more than 2016. Because I know in 2016 he said, you know, he wants the ball in his hands in that situation, and then he had the ball in his hands, and he threw an interception and I feel like for him personally, that one hurt a lot more.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean honestly I I can't speak I can't speak for them like but for them, but I know for me personally, sixteen was a heartbreaker. Uh seventeen, I'm pretty sure like losing two great cups you should have won uh back to back probably hurt a lot more. So that's what made the third getting to the third one and winning it a lot sweeter, I assume.
0: What was that party like?
2: Oh, uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. Guys were just – it was like a monkey off of everybody's back. Everybody was just a big sigh of relief. and That bus ride home was amazing. Um, the week in Calgary was amazing, and, and you just enjoyed it.
1: I feel like, you know, we we partied hard in 2016. I feel like Calgary partied even harder in
2: 2018. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't I, like I said, um, for a lot of guys on the team, that was the second breakup, so they – uh they knew they had been there before. For me, that was my first one. So for it was it was a great feeling for me personally.
1: I believe it. Uh oh, man, I I think the Great Cup's an underrated championship in North America.
2: It might be. Uh Super Bowls are definitely uh they're definitely intense. They're definitely they're definitely uh
1: it's a it's a spectacle.
2: And it's only one you can only understand if you've been a part of it. But uh I think the history behind the Great Cup is uh is legendary.
0: I don't remember the last time it didn't get handed out, but uh, we've had a hundred and seven of them now. This will be a hundred and eight this year. It'd be a it'd be an absolute shame to see it not handed out. I like I said, I don't know when the last time it wasn't handed out was, but
1: I think World it's War One, World War Two, yeah. it's been it's a long last, time. Was it? It wasn't handed out during World War One because most of the teams were all fighting the war.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that'll be that'll be a, a big piece of history right there.
1: Um, I think uh, yeah. I think this was a great episode. I think we got a lot of it in. Uh, I'm glad that you were able, you were willing to come on to. to oh speak. yeah,
2: yeah. No problem, man. No problem, man. Um, you guys, uh, you guys, you guys go enjoy uh, a nice Mother's Day with your with your loved ones.
1: Yeah, you too. Uh, again, uh, congrats uh, on you and your girlfriend for for the newborn.
2: Oh, appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. Thank hope,
1: you. Hopefully everything goes well and. Hopefully, we'll be able to to get you on a, another time, and hopefully, there'll be football to talk about.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Hopefully, you'll be wearing that uh, red-red-blacks uniform against Edmonton sometime, too. Maybe. 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 Yeah. I've thrown your name to Marcel a couple times, so... I,
1: Frankie, Frankie's been on that recruiting, uh, recruiting you train for, for the last couple of months. I think every.
2: Oh, yeah. Trust me, man. I, I speak to I speak to Arbuckle all the time, man. He's always yeah. like, he's always telling me, man, I, I'd love to get you here.
1: Yeah, I think every time Frankie and I talk, it's always, you know, we have we need that. We have an opening I, online. We should just get Denison and it's like I'm about it. I've been about it since he left in 2017 for, for Saskatchewan. So, hopefully it happens eventually. It'd be nice. We'll,
2: we'll see. We'll
0: see. We'll see. Right. I'd settle to All have right, you back in the league at some point, anywhere.
2: So Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, I still got a lot of football left in me. But, again, with everything going on, everything's just up in the air. So, right now, I'm just counting my blessings, man, and just taking life as it comes.
1: That's a good way to handle it.
2: Yeah. All right. All right, I appreciate it, fellas, man. Y'all boys take care.
1: You, too. Have a wonderful one. All right. Thank you for coming back
0: for this Tuesday's episode of the 13th Man Podcast. Be sure to be back here on Friday when we have Winnipeg Blue Bombers defensive lineman Willie Jefferson. We're really excited about this one. This one's going to be pretty fun for us. Uh, so we're stoked to have that come out. Be sure to be back here. It'll be out on Friday morning at 10 and uh you know be sure to follow us on our socials and be sure to rate the podcast five stars as well it really helps us out as always thank you for coming out we appreciate it